Welcome. Episode 31 of the Stories of Gumption podcast. Conversations with entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and just really, really impressive people. This episode is brought to you by Sparkle Clean. They provide professional and economic cleaning solutions to both residential and commercial structures. They specialize in window cleaning, floor care, carpet extraction, as well as auto and boat detailing. As we continue to face this coronavirus, uh, it's time to consider a cleaning team that is certified. Yes, certified. That's the word I used. To guarantee that 99.99999% of contagions have been removed from the surface. They know how to do it. They've been certified. They went to special uh, training just to make sure that they were doing this the right way. They had the best equipment, the best supplies. And I don't know anything about this, but they do, and they're certified. So give them a call. It's Sparkle Clean. Give them a call at 518-578-2931. That's 518-578-2931. You can also check them out. They're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Sparkle Clean. S-P-A-R-K-I-L-K-L-E-E-N. Zach and Kate Hoyt, everybody, great people. Love them. Podcast is also brought to you by Home Heavens Designs. Home Heavens Designs seeks to help take the stress out of selling, renting, organizing, and designing your home. They can give you tips that will help you stage, organize, sell, or rent your home quickly. They'll even help you write an online advertisement on sites like Zillow, Airbnb, and more. Take the stress out of the process of organizing and preparing your home for whatever you have in store. Not selling or renting your home? That's okay. Home Heavens Designs is still here to help you organize, design, and create a beautiful home that is a reflection of you. They can still provide you with great tips and tricks that will help you increase the value of your home by making tiny changes that cost very little. Check them out primarily on Instagram at Home Heavens Designs, H O M E H E V A N S. Designs, all one word, Home Heavens Designs on Instagram. You can also give them a call at 518-593-5416. That's 518-593-5416. Podcast is also brought to you by Alexander Edwards and Company, CPAs PC. Tax season has been extended, everyone. It's after the normal deadline for tax day, but If you're a little behind the power curb and you need an expert, Alexander Edwards and Company, CPAs, PC, they're located at 47 Dock Street in Plattsburgh. They've been providing common sense solutions to many North Country businesses and and personal customers uh, for many, many years. They've been doing this since 1920. That's right. 1920. They know what they're doing. It's not their first rodeo. Bring them your problems. They will provide solutions. Alexander Edwards and Company is a full-service public accounting firm engaged in tax preparation, bookkeeping, audits, estate planning, financial planning, and management consultation. You can give them a call at 518-563-1600, or you can find them on the web. Again, that's 518-563-1600. Whew, episode 31. What a crazy time this episode is coming out. As I'm recording this, it's the very middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm sure many of you who are 
listening out there or reflecting on this thing, and we're still in the middle of it. It's a crazy time. I hope everybody's being safe, doing what they can to uh, prevent the spread of this virus, and um, hopefully we'll all come out of this much stronger together, regardless of our circumstances and, and how it may have affected us individually. We're all struggling in our own way, but um, let's stick to it and let's let's come out of this stronger than we've ever been. Today's episode is uh, with a really good friend of mine. Uh, actually, it was, it was a real treat to be able to reconnect with him and have a nice conversation about everything he's done and accomplished and continues to accomplish as a, as a leader in the Rutland, Vermont Police Department. And, um, he, you know, he, he and I were great friends in high school, really close. And, you know, as life kind of takes you different directions, I'd still say we're close friends, but just don't get the opportunity to connect very much anymore. And so this was great. And, um, he shares a couple stories, uh, from his time as a, uh, leader in the Rutland Police Department, which is a really different flavor from some of the other guests I've had on the podcast. And I think it's a really cool episode. Uh, Actually, full uh, full disclosure, as we were doing this, he was sort of uh, still wrapping up his shift and he did uh, have permission to, to record this with me while he was on his shift. But there's a couple edits in here that you'll notice, uh, I had to take out some confidential information because he was actually uh, getting some calls. So um, without further ado, uh, this is uh, another great episode of the Stories of Gumption. Enjoy. Gumption, defined as initiative, aggressiveness, resourcefulness, courage, spunk, guts, common sense, shrewdness. Welcome to the podcast. This is Stories of Gumption with your host, Ryan Lee. All right, today my guest is the sergeant of the street crimes unit at the Rutland PD. He's a veteran of the Air National Guard, and he's a very good friend of mine uh, from back in the day. Really glad to reconnect with him. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Adam Lucia. Hey, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it's great to reconnect with you. I uh, it's been it's been a long time, huh? It's been a real long time. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. I'm uh, it's super stoked. I was it was funny. I was pretty excited to see that you had this going, and uh, then was like beyond stoked to when when you asked me if I wanted to be on it. I was like, I was like, oh, that's well, crazy. Well, yeah, man. I mean, like we've got some. We got some great stories from back in the day, that's for sure. I don't know how how gumptious they are, but certainly <laughs> when I think of of what you do now, like there's gumption in be, the sergeant of the street crimes unit in the Rutland Police Department. You must see some stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I've seen my seen my fair share, I guess. In a, and of in course, short- not to downplay, you know, being in the Air National Guard either. Yeah, I mean that was That's that was good. Too. Yeah, it was. I got I got some good experience through that, but yeah, mainly uh a lot of the gumption comes from uh 
the job I'm currently doing and have had the last eight years. So certainly. Well, before we get into that, I got to reminisce a little bit. The uh, listeners probably have no idea what I'm about to talk to you about, but uh, you are one of the founding members of the Red Man Group. Not to be confused <laughs> with the Blue Man Group that everybody knows about, but you're a founding member of the Red Man Group. That That is, uh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just love bringing that up because t- anytime I tell somebody that, they're like, what the heck are you talking about? And if you people out there listening are like, Red Man Group sounds like Blue Man Group. Well, it, it kind of was. It was totally a knockoff. We stole all their ideas. And we, instead of being blue, we were completely red. I remember putting on like this, the swim caps to make ourselves look bald. And then we put on all that latex paint. And... Yeah, that stuff was brutal. And I'm sure my, <laughs> I'm sure my wife is literally going to listen to this probably someday and be just be like, really? Like, really? <laughs> I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty uh, yeah. serious though. Yeah, it we, was. Uh, we brought in like a bunch of money for our high school and we did like the talent show and all that and... It was pretty legit. We had what we had. Uh, we had drums. We we cut up the PVC pipes and we made uh, an instrument, the um, the sliding instrument that they use there. And yeah, uh, I we made some weird sounds when you hit it and moved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did some skits, yeah. and I remember we had some of our friends uh, play in a band. So we had like the rock guitar and everything to go along with it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was a good time. And I mean, we practiced too. I want people to realize that like we we took it <laughs> as serious as we could and you know, there were there were some practices on a Saturday or what what not, you know? I mean, it wasn't like it's we just true. went and did it. It's yeah. true. So. I, and at the time, I think you were the only like actual drummer of the <laughs> three of us. Like you actually were a drummer and we were just aspiring drummers, like trying to kind of learn our, our the ropes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was great. I, I, I mean, I was in band for drums, but I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's because that was like the only thing I was capable of doing at that point in my musical career, my short lived career in music. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I don't think uh, any evidence exists on YouTube. I could be wrong. I don't know. People could probably, there's there's probably a ton of knockoffs of the Blue Man Group, but I thought ours was pretty good. And if evidence exists, somebody listening, maybe if you find it, you know, send me a note and tell me where it is because I'd be curious. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't like share it at first. Let him know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like full, full, full transparency here. We're not yeah. asking you to share it or, pr- or spread it. We're just That's asking right. you to tell us that it exists so we can confirm it, lock it down, maybe find a way to make it disappear. But uh, anyway, it was a good time. Good time. The other thing that I always reminisce on, man, I know it goes way back. This is still going back to middle school, high school, but uh, you and I played football together. A good old game of football. I know that you were really, uh, you went into wrestling for, um, that was like your main thing that you were, you were really crushing. I, I remember, um, but football. Yeah. In the day, man. Yeah, that was good. I mean, if, uh, if I saw coach Lozier now, I mean, I know I'm taller than him, maybe, maybe bigger. I don't know. <laughs> You're but, probably uh, taller back then too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I would definitely, I would, we were, we would definitely have a conversation about those gassers you made me run all up and down yeah. the field. Yeah, 
<laughs> Actually, oh my God, this just, I completely forgot about this, but you, so one of the things I was going to ask you about, because I know you, you, you and I talked a little bit before the podcast on and off about this, is you, you're running, uh, you like to run Spartan races and stuff now? Yeah, yeah, somehow, yeah, I got into that, and yeah. Well, I was I was just like running through my roll or not my Rolodex, but my memory of like everything that's going on or that happened um, back in the day to reminisce. And I forgot, man, you dislocated your knee. I did, yeah, really bad actually in a in a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Probably, yeah, probably uh, the worst injury I've. Uh, you know, knock on wood, I've acquired. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was a not a good time when that happened. Does does that does that come back to bug you still from so time I, to time? So I th- I feel like if I'm like, I feel like uh, you know it does a little bit. Like uh, there's there's been a few times like where I've I've definitely like tweaked it. I guess you would say yeah. like o- over the years, but I think like uh, I think the only time is if like. If I'm doing like a lift or if I'm, you know, going on like a pretty, pretty good trail run or something like that, like, or doing like a Spartan, if I try to, if my mind starts like psyching, trying to psych myself out, like I'll, I'll get like ghost pains from it. Oh my God. So I think, I think that's more or less what it is, but you know, then I'm like, well, I'm, you know, halfway through this race. I can't really, I'm not going to quit, quit now, you know? So just kind of. Just push through it. <laughs> what's what's um, what's your favorite race you've done? Uh so far probably probably the Spartan Beast on Killington. Oh so, man, yeah. So, um, just because like so Spartan, um, the founder, uh, Joe DeSena, he owns uh, he owns property in Pittsfield, Vermont, which is really like I don't know 20, 20 minutes from my doorstep. So. Oh, no kidding. Um, and he's got like this whole whole plot of land open to the public where you can climb these hills and he's got obstacles littered through the woods and on these trails. So, I mean, it's perfect for training, but he purposely makes um, the Spartan race at Killington like one of the hardest races because, they, you know, that's where it's born. So it's, uh, he's... Uh, He's kind of sadistic when it comes to the Killington races. <laughs> like, you know, we were, I remember not to get off topic, but I, I remember we were, I was doing it this year. We had a whole group of us, um, we're doing it. And my brother, my brother came up, um, from Maine to watch me. My mom came, you know, it was kind of like a big to do. So going through this race and I get to this one point where we, we were going through all these switchbacks on the, in the woods and everything like that. And, uh, I remember coming out of a clearing and I'm coming down the hill and I see my brother, he's like cheering me on and everything like that. And I'm like, Oh man, I, I must be done. You know, I must be coming close to the finish because I hear people <laughs> cheering. And then yeah. all, all of a sudden I round this corner and we are literally going up this, like pretty much the side of a mountain. And it's like, Oh my God. And, a, and as we're, you know, as you're marching up, it's like, Oh, by the way, you're on mile mile 17 or 16 or something like that. And it was only supposed to be like a, like it was only supposed to be like a 13 mile race. So like, holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. Wow. I've, I'm, 
you caught me being ignorant to this then. I've never done a Spartan race, but I always assumed because of like the obstacles and all the extra crap you have to deal with on the race uh, course that like it's a little short. It's shorter for that reason. But these are these are like half marathons. Yeah, yeah. So like there's different tiers that you can do. So um they're, they oh have my like, god. They have a they have a stadium race that I did in Boston at Fenway which was it was it was a little chipper man. You know, that was easy. You know, it was cool because you're running around Fenway. But it's a good starter. It's a good starter race. It does race. sound cool though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's more, you know, I did that one it could because it was more, you know, it was more nostalgic or anything like or you know, cool to run yeah. around Fenway Park and see everything. Um but uh, then they have a sprint, which is kind of like the beginner race. But it's, you know, it's like it's good, probably like three to five, maybe six miles that they put you through. And then they have the intermediate one, which is the super, which is uh, which is uh, like, I don't know, eight to ten, mm. at ten at most. And my brother did that. My brother did that down in Mass, and he was like, "Oh man, he's like that was good, you know. It was it was pretty challenging, but you know, it's whatever. It, it wasn't bad." And then they have the Beast, which is like that's that's what that's like the gut check race, you know. That's like your yeah. your half marathon distance. And uh, but then a- after that, they have what they call the Ultra, which is two beasts in a row. So you Jeez. got see. So, so we had so they do the. They do like the Ultra World Championships at on Killington Mountain during this whole weekend, and so you literally have people running this mountain for twelve to fourteen hours to complete the ultra, and it was it's ridiculous. Like those guys, like we, you just move over for them if they're coming by you on the course. You're like, yeah, see you, good luck. Oh my god, wow, oh, dude, don't, that's don't, a whole nother level. Yeah, I mean, people need uh people need headlamps and everything to finish it, man. It's it's pretty wild. So did you, have you, uh, do you follow or listen at all to David Goggins? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Machine just read his, uh, book uh, yeah. it was on audiobook actually. So you can count it as reading or not. I don't know, but I, I, uh, I listened to his book. Can't hurt me. Unreal. I don't know if you've heard of the book or read it. I've, or... Yeah. I've heard about it. I haven't read it yet. I think my, I think Nick read it. Um, and he was because he he follows him a little more than I do. Like I'll follow like like Jocko Willink and a couple yep. guys like that. But I know my brother. I know he likes he likes Goggins a lot. And uh, I remember when he told me about him, I looked him up and I was like, oh, that guy is a psychopath. Like he is. Like that's just <laughs> he is. You like, sir, he takes you things sir, to uh, a whole nother yeah, whole nother level of like like he he's all about the mind games to a level where like he's he's worked himself into major like injury or like internal like shutdown like where right. he ran, he just like went out and ran a 100 miler with like obviously he's a very fit guy but like he wasn't his, his body wasn't trained for the pounding of a 100 miles and he just went and did it anyway and he finished it because is because of the mind games like and then he 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 was like it was just bad it was just crazy but like in the book it's interesting because he he um i feel like you would like it um he just talks about uh all these different things in his life that he 
he failed the first or second or even third time, but then he went back and he kept doing it. And, uh, just like the stories of mental toughness, like his, the, the principle that he's trying to say is that like, you know, the core concept of like, you feel like you're about to quit or you're about to like, you got all you, you've done all you can. There's usually more in the tank. And I think that's totally true. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? So like, there are guys out there that are like, like when I'm tired and everything like that, you know, I try to try to tell myself, psych myself up or do whatever you do to like, keep going, keep pushing the pace. You know, it's, it's only, it's only this far after, you know, you tell yourself like the simple things like, you know, it's it, all you're doing is this after that, there's no more of it. Right. So just right. get it done, just get it done and it'll be okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man hundred miles is a hundred miles and <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I don't not, know. No, I'm not, not thinking that that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> never say never, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like, that's, I mean, that's a pretty confident, not right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have like a deathly, I'm like deathly afraid of snakes and like, it doesn't matter if it's like a little garden snake or whatever. Like I don't want anything to do with it. And I have a feeling like if you were like, like gun to my head, like a hundred miles or like you have to like be put in a pile of snakes. I'd probably take the pile of snakes before I tried to run a hundred miles. So, uh, hats dude, off. That's awesome. Dude, that's awesome. You're, you're crushing those races at you. One point you had mentioned, this is on another, I'm taking more digressions here, but like you had mentioned, uh, doing like a Ragnar or something in Vermont. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, so the plan is to, and you know, it's dumb too. I have, I have a deal with one of my buddies to do the Spartan death race. Um, you know, and the goal was to do it before we were 30. Well, I'm 30 this weekend, so that's probably not, that's probably (laughs) not going to happen. But, and he, he, you know, him and his family, him and his wife, they just had a baby. So it's probably not going to happen this year, but I promised him that we would both do it and compete in it. And, uh, yeah, it's getting down to the wire where that's that's gonna happen. Like, like we, it's it'll happen. Probably if not this year, definitely next year. It'll it'll be happening. So, stay tuned. I guess. Love it. It's gonna be love torture. it. <laughs> <laughs> I should put in the caveat too, as we're getting into this thing here and uh, pivoting towards some of the gumption stuff. Uh, I've heard your radio go off a couple times. For all the listeners, uh, he is in uniform right now right you got everything uh we're doing this remotely but you got your radio on and so this sucker uh might get paused so yeah i mean we don't know what's gonna happen no yeah i mean shifts shifts kind of coming towards an end with to an end within like you know a good 35 35 minutes but okay okay but that time, you know, something could ha- something could pop off. I don't know. Yeah, something we'll could see. pop off. Who knows? And we'll have to just continue, and there'll just be a, a slight pause in the in the broadcast here. But we'll we'll keep trudging along. Uh, so my friend, it is the stories of gumption podcast. So, what does gumption mean to you? So it's funny because I actually had to look. When I first started listening to this, I had to look it up because I was like, wow, that's a big word. But um, 
it's a very it makes it, me think of Forrest Gump, which is not right, but like yeah. I just like that. So that's where it came from for me, yeah. and then it evolved into something much more serious, I guess. Yeah, but not. I mean, it's a great word, man. And I would have to say, like, gumption to me is the ability to push forward and um, to achieve a certain objective that you're looking to do. And you know, sometimes the objective that you might be accomplishing um, might not be the most popular um thing to do but you know i think it's important to go with your heart and just do your best and i think that's the beauty of that word right it has so many different meanings to different people that's that's really in a nutshell what it means to me just push forward achieve that objective that you're looking to achieve even if it might not be a popular opinion to some and uh always go with your heart and uh do your best when you're doing it oh I love it. That's an excellent uh, definition, man. I, and I think, I think the <clears throat> the part that I like the most is you added the piece about even when it's not the most popular thing to do. I feel like that's where for me too, like where the gumption really shows up because you're you're doing something that you know you may be ridiculed for, people disagree with you on, but you deep in your heart know it's it's right, and so you or or it's, or it's meaningful, or you got to get to the end of the finish line. So that's why you do it. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. Like people, you, me personally, I, you learn, in my opinion, you learn so much more, um, even from your failures than you do most successes. Right. And, you know, if you go even like, I know for a fact that I have been on calls or I've, decided to do an op a certain way um, or a warrant service a certain way. And it might have not been the most popular opinion, but at the time, you know, I, in my heart and in my guts, you know, I felt that was the way to do it best and to do it, you know, the safest way that we could. Um, and uh, yeah, you just have to go with it. And, you know, most of the time, man, especially, you know, you can say that you have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed, but most of the time in this game of life, you don't. And um, there's so many different variables. So I think that's it, that's why it's very important just to, you know, go with your heart and go with your gut and, you know, whatever, man, F, F the naysayers. I don't yeah. want to, I'm, try, I'm trying not to swear. I, I have a sailor mouth and I'm trying to actually keep oh, it. Oh, you're allowed to swear on this podcast, <laughs> actually. I should have told you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, I'll say it then. Yeah, you know, fuck, fuck the naysayers and uh, and what they have to say. If you know what you're doing is right and just, you know, who are they to tell you otherwise? So, hmm. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. It, I want to focus on your experience uh, and maybe even some stories uh, as a sergeant in the Rutland PD. But I think a whole like part that's interesting to me is, uh, especially as someone who will admit to the world, like law enforcement, military, it just, I came from a long family of people in the military. Like I, I might be the first person in my family, uh, that didn't go into the military. Like my dad, he was in the air force. His dad was in the air force. His dad was in the arm. Like it, it's long standing thing, but it just wasn't right for me. But like, so like I said, I want to focus on your experience in law enforcement as a sergeant for Rutland PD, because that's impressive and you must see a lot, but like you graduate high school, 
you decide to go into um, the the Air National Guard. Like, is that something? Is that experience something that like made you want to go into law enforcement, or did you think maybe before you joined the military that you would still find yourself in law enforcement someday? Nah. So to be completely like transparent and honest, um, I was, I was looking forward to be like a PE teacher, man. Like that's like what I was dead set on doing after graduation. You would have been good at that too. (laughs) And, uh, um, I went, you know, tried, tried my hand at college. Um, but just did not, just did not perform well at all. Um, you know, partied, partied way too much my first semester. And if, uh, yeah, I mean, probably some of your listeners, I don't know if I, if I partied with you before, but if I did, you know, <laughs> people, people knew like I, I, I could party hard. I could party with the best of them. And, uh, definitely, um, that's kind of where my head was at at the time. So, I remember distinctly, and I, you know, I don't tell a lot of people this, but um, I'll be transparent on it. I don't care, um, you know. Um, but I remember getting a letter from the college I was attending, and it was pretty much a letter saying, "Yeah, you're not, you know, you're not coming back," <laughs> you know. Wow. And, and yeah. Another, and I, I think that was that was more of like the gut check for me. So it was like, kind of had to definitely take a hard look at, you know what was I going to do next? Was I just going to say, you know, fuck it and um, still be a little asshole and, you know, do whatever I thought, you know, I could do in this life or, you know, was I going to try to get my shit together and do something else? So, um, yeah, yeah. Ended up, ended up deciding to, you know, enlist in the air national guard and uh, did that, um, enjoyed it. And towards the end of it where I was like, well, I need to, I need to focus now on getting a big boy job. Um, definitely could kind of feel like the service and, uh, everything like that. So I thought, you know, what better way than to, uh, you know, be a police op, you know, what better way to serve than, you know, doing law enforcement or something like that and helping people. Cause I really do, uh, truly enjoy, you know, helping those in need. And that was kind of like a, a big a big thing for me um so that's kind of uh in a nutshell and then i just you know ended up in rutland by complete accident so <laughs> that's an interesting story to me too because i i remember thinking uh when i first heard you became a uh an officer uh at rutland pd i was like boy i wonder what i wonder why you know rutland or not you know or not burlington or or plattsburgh or New York state troopers or what, there must've been some reason. Was it just, they had, they had the right job at the right time. They were the ones hiring. Everybody else wasn't. The process was different or. No, I mean, so, so like at that point, I think like pretty much like all departments around were like really kind of pushing for hiring. It really had to do like, I I thought about Burlington. I, I thought for sure I was going to end up at Burlington PD. Um, and no I, I was, I was kind of dead set at applying there. Um, and, uh, I remember one of the guys I was with, he, he was a cop for Burlington PD, one of the guys in the guard that I knew. And he was like, ah, he's like, he's like, I don't know, Adam, I don't know if, if Burlington's quite the right fit for you. Um, hmm. and I was like, 
okay. Like, I don't know really what to say to that. Um, and he's like, well, it's just, it's, it's a very political city. And he's like, I don't know if he's like, I just, I don't, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I, you can do it if you want. And he's like, um, but I don't know if you would, if you would end up doing well there and liking it there. He's like, mm-hmm. I think you, I, he's like, I actually think you would really do well in Rutland. And I'm like, well, I don't even know where that is or <laughs> what that is. I was like, so I guess like explain to me like why Rutland? And he's like, well, he's, and at the time, I mean, if anybody's followed the news on like Rutland, Vermont, it was, it was like, you know, they used to call it the, the Bronx of Vermont pretty much. And, uh, and that's how he kind of sold me on it. He's like, they're always busy. They're kind of, they're kind of understaffed. And he's like, and you are going to be dealing with like the worst of the worst while you're there. And I was like, kind of like, well, I didn't do this to sit around. So I guess, uh, yeah, you know, sign me up and applied, applied with Rutland PD and, uh, probably within, probably within six months I was, uh, I was hired. And, wow. Yeah. That was, and that was the only department I've, uh, the only department I've ever only applied to so wow yeah and now you've been there you said just just over eight years yeah wow good for you man thank you you got the promotion to sergeant i did yeah yeah how long ago did that happen so that was about two years ago now yeah i'm going on my yeah going on my third year as a as a sergeant here so so what would you say now that you're looking back like that little exchange between your your fellow uh veteran uh and you about burlington pd versus rutland pd or whatever you know what would you say to someone who's thinking about it maybe someone who's graduating high school right now uh that Uh, is interested in that i would say uh definitely i would say you know don't i would say if it's in your heart to serve your community or serve a community and you know that there's more to it to definitely uh definitely go for it and uh you know, um, don't, don't give up, uh, on that just because of, uh, you know, some of the stuff you might hear in the media and everything like that, you know, there's just like, any, just like any job, there's, there's, uh, ups and downs and, you know, yeah, just don't let the media or any false narratives discourage you from wanting to be able to serve your community because this is, uh, absolutely a great way to do that. Love it. I love it. Would you say, uh, it was, it was helpful to have spent time in the military first? Uh, yeah, for, for me it was, you know, it's not for everybody, but for me it was cause it just, it just got me grounded. Um, mm. and just, you know, it just got me that little bit of, uh, kick in the, kick in the ass and life experience that I, that I definitely needed at the time. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, too, I mean, you learn like, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I was 21 years old, just shy of my 22nd birthday when I got hired here for Rutland. So, I mean, that mm-hmm. still had a lot of growing up to do. And, uh, you know, I would like, I would think like this place, like definitely I grew up fast, but like looking back, like, you know, don't be afraid to, if you're a new officer, like you're going to make mistakes and you might be seen as immature. It's just, it's you growing up in, in a very different, uh, 
different way of life than you know some people so but yeah, yeah. Uh, some work work experience in the you know military but you know i've worked i've worked with a lot of guys that are uh very good um that come from college backgrounds too so yeah hmm. all all in the person and how they want to serve i guess if that makes sense. i like it well uh <clears throat> you must have some stories where you had to demonstrate some gumption as a either an officer or a, a sergeant uh, in the Rutland PD. You got any good ones you want to share? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a few um, a few that I'll talk about. You know, a few that I few that I'd rather not talk about, but two, <laughs> two. Probably, and some you probably you probably can't talk about, right? Yes, you know, um, you know, so some, whatever. Some, yeah, some have been on the news, and my face has been on the news, so. It's all, oh God! It's your face has been on the news, man. I, I mean, I'm see, I'm still up in Plattsburgh, so I'm not watching the Rutland news. But your face has been on the news, yeah. Yeah, we've had for a couple for a couple of stories that we've had. So, but we won't get into those. But it is no, what nothing it is, bad. Yeah. It's all good. So, uh, but a uh, couple a couple ones were like I definitely thought is one that you know really comes to mind is you know I was I was brand new at being a sergeant running night shift and. Uh, I I got a call on call on the radio from another officer who said, you know, hey, you probably should come down to where we're at. And I was like, you know, hearing that, you're like, you're like, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's not that's not good. So, I, <laughs> oh no. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, either you know, somebody's filing a complaint, somebody got into an accident with their cruiser, or you know, something bad's going on. <laughs> so. Yep. So I was like, those are like the three things I'm like prepping myself up for. So, um, I get up to, I get up to where, where he's at in the city and, uh, he's standing there and there's a woman there and she had had her hands bound. Yet he, he had his, uh, hands bound with, uh, grocery, grocery bags. She did, and the female did when I rolled up, and I was like, "Wow!" And wow. so I'm like, "Well, this isn't this isn't good." So the officer um, starts telling me about, uh, you know, different things, yeah, about what's going on. So how the call came in, you know, this lady had was knocking on the door and telling her neighbors to call nine one one. So. Uh, talked to her a little bit and we find out that she was, she was assaulted by her estranged boyfriend who was still in the house and that he had like pretty much like tied her up, like beat her, knocked her out a couple times with like a frying pan, you know? Oh my God. You know, said he said he was going to kill her all, all that crazy stuff. And, uh, she was able to get out when she came to after, being knocked out and um, escaping to a neighbor's house. So she gets it. Um, so she tells us, you know, he's, he's in there. Um, he does have guns and yeah, that's, that's all I can tell you. So, and I'm like, all right, so here I am, you know, brand new. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I just got, I did it. I just got dealt uh, pretty much like a shit sandwich and can't. <laughs> Oh my god! You can't mess this up at all. 
you know, wow. not, not just for myself, but for the integrity. of Obvious. The- yeah. For yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. Like, it, well, the pressure, you don't want to mess this up. you literally just got promoted. That's a lot of pressure right. for you personally. But obviously there's like the general safety, like you don't want to mess this up because of the consequences that could yeah, happen you know, if yeah. you don't handle this guy right. Right. And you know, the integrity, oh of the my case, God. the integrity of the case and everything like that. So um, I'm already stressed. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> literally go through like everything that we need to do as sergeants in regards to like calling my, my bosses. So our command on call and, you know, briefing, briefing them on what we, you know, potentially have. So, you know, luckily they were, they were able to come down here and, uh, they were, he came down kind of, kind of relieved us kind of relieved me from command but at the same time kind of didn't like i still had some like say on like how we were going to do it and uh you know we end up entering this this house you know decisions made we're gonna we're we, we called out to the guy for him to come to the door and come out that wasn't working so you know decisions made that we're gonna enter so get into the house and we're looking around and there's stuff, you know, there's stuff thrown around. There's literally like, um, as we're clearing the house, there's like a blood. Trail. It was just like, like you said, earlier, Oh my like, God. Like going through a horror movie, like literally like walking up these stairs, trying to like clear these, clear these houses. And there's just like a blood trail going from like, and you can see almost like in the horror movies where it's like just going to a, a door and that stops. <laughs> But then we, you could see some ahead too, so you're not sure. So you have to check. You know, we're trained to check everything, so we're clearing rooms and doing all that. Can't find the guy anywhere. So we're like, "What the heck is going on?" And uh, we end up going down to check the basement, and there was like a crawl space in the basement, and he had wedged himself in this crawl space and uh, had cut his wrist to try to kill himself. But luckily, we got there in time where we were able to get him out safely for him and also for us. And, you know, he was able to, at the end of the day, to face the justice system. So that was good. (laughs) Man, that is a uh, that's an example of uh, having to, I guess, yeah, muster some gumption that I I've I've never heard since starting this podcast. I mean, that's just like, um, it's very dark too. But like, what goes through your head? Obviously, you're trained, right? So you got like this part of your mind that's obviously keeping you focused and relatively calm. I'm assuming, but like, as someone who knows nothing about any of that, like, you must be, you must the the human in you must be freaking out. Like what's going like, this is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, you're like, you're like, wow, this is some crazy shit, you know, on the inside. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, I think, you know, my worries, my worries for my guys, you know, first and foremost that are there with me and yeah. make, making sure that they're safe. Cause you know, that's like the ultimate priority, right. Is to make sure that we, yeah. all, we all go home to every, you know, to all our loved ones and to yeah. also, to the public at this point, because if this guy dipped out of the house and we didn't know it, you know, he's out, he's out on the streets. So I think the the pressure came from making sure that we did a good, good check and a good search and not 
giving up on that and uh mm-hmm. you know just pressing forward even when it you know it did like even though it did kind of like freak like everybody was like oh holy shit you know when we walked in there and saw what we saw you know because yeah you know i mean that that puckers you up a little bit you know so yep um so yeah i mean i guess that's the best way to explain it <laughs> that's wild that's wild man wow um, I can't imagine every day is like that though. That's, that's like one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in a million like that. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, we deal with, you know, we have a, we have a very good community, but I mean, we, we do deal with, uh, you know, some pretty serious calls, you know, I, w- I would say sometimes, you know, weekly more than, mm-hmm. more than anything, you know, you always have those certain ones that, um, happen or stick with you kind of like this one but uh i mean it's like the best way to describe like rutland is like it's kind of a you know it's a smaller city but we experience a lot of big city crime Mm. for whatever and but we're you know we're stuck between you know we have springfield mass and hartford connecticut in New York City, just to the south of us, and then we have Albany, that's kind of like directly to the west of us, pretty much yep. with Glens Falls. So I mean, we get, we literally get traffic from everywhere, um, you know. So that was that was kind of like the biggest thing I think, like when I first started, like realizing, like, nah, this place is like it's it's the real deal, you know. Like this isn't yeah. this isn't you know, ma and pa policing you know, or something like that, that you would see the, you know, this was, this was a place where you're dealing with like, you know, big city crime and just a smaller community or state like, you know, Vermont is. So. Yep. Yep. But, well, I've driven through uh, Rutland a few times um, recently in the past couple of years on my way to visit uh, some clients. I actually have clients uh, for um, insurance brokerage business uh down in um you gotta go quite a ways south of rutland but it's uh brattleboro and bennington yeah yeah two i mean yeah two other places that you know it's kind of the kind of the same thing i mean we're a little bigger and a little busier but i mean any any of the cities really i mean you know barry burlington rutland south burlington all, all bennington brattleboro mm-hmm. like it's it they you know they all experience the same things it just i guess it just depends on the day you know yeah yeah i i believe you'd mentioned earlier you have you have two stories you wanted to share so that was the first is the next one yeah uh, just as dark or what what else what what happened in this one no nah, it's a little it's a i think it's a little lighter i didn't mean for it to be dark <laughs> i mean yeah but uh no i'm just kidding i I mean it's it's re it's real life you know and someone who like me gets to kind of live in a bubble i don't always realize like the the things that happen i mean it's not you know stuff happens in plattsburgh too right here where i live so right it's just reality yeah yeah so i mean the other the other one was it's 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 kind of like it's silly and it's not because like I guess like if you knew if you knew who like the the offender was like it's it's kind of goofy to you because we had dealt with this person a few times 
So, um, <laughs> do you have repeat clients? Yes. Not yes. to make light of it. Cause yeah, no, no, we do. <laughs> it's and not, it's, but we, it's, yeah, yeah. We deal with, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jeez. I can um, only imagine. But yeah, so like, so, you know, we're on, I'm on, on night shift again. I'm a little more, more experienced, you know, this time around with, uh, you know, being a sergeant and being in tune with, uh, the guys that I work with and that are under me. And, uh, you know, we're out, we're out patrolling, um, a couple, uh, sections in a couple of our neighborhoods that are kind of like, they, they just need some extra love at night. And, uh, we got a call for, uh, armed robbery at this Chinese food place. That's kind of like in between the two neighborhoods. So we all go, we all go zooming down to it. And, you know, the initial officer says, you know, they, they had a suspect. This is where they ran. Um, so I responded up to, with another officer to where, um, where they ran off to. And we had witnesses tell us, oh, he went, he went down in here, which is kind of like, almost like a, it's like an old industrial building. Um, yeah. Kind of like right flat in this like old uh, neighborhood. So hmm. we're at, we're by the industrial building and there's kind of like a, a break in the chain link fence. And we, the officer's looking with his flashlight, sees, sees some money. So we follow the trail of money going down and there's literally like this hole under, you know, this hole cut out in the, that goes underneath the building. And I'm like, well, what the heck? So it's pretty much like a crawl space underneath this industrial building. That guy's hanging out under the building. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's what it looked like. (laughs) And of course, you know, it couldn't get easy and there's a, you know, there's a machete sheath with no machete in it. On the outside, oh my on, God. On, the, on the outside of this hole where the money's leading into. So, you know, at that point we have to assume that, you know, the guy's armed, guy's armed and, uh, you know, well, we have, uh, to, have to take it very, very carefully at this point. So can't be, can't be brazen. So I tell, you know, that's it, wild. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what I'm scared, what I should be more scared of, but to me, uh, just a, a guy potentially hold, hold on, underneath one, one a building second. with. I, yeah. I got pause one second. Yeah. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> All good, man. All good. What I was gonna say though is it, it seems uh, I don't know what's what I should be more scared of. A guy. I mean, obviously, a firearm seems much a lot more dangerous, but uh, a guy hiding under a building with a potential machete. That's wild. Yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, so there's there's that and <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, you know, either either for me I'm like, ah, you know, gonna gonna take it easy on either. So um so yeah, so we uh so I tell everybody at the time to that what we want is I want pretty much this entire building surrounded and the perimeter like of this building locked down really tight. Um, cause just my going with my gut, I knew that this guy was still underneath there. I don't think he had gotten out on us. Um, any, anywhere. Wow. So, um, 
and that was a tough call, right? Because, you know, at this point we could be, you know, we're pretty much, we're pretty much putting all our eggs in one basket saying that he's going to be here and, you know, all our resources are going to this exact place. So, um, but I was, I was confident that he was, that, that, you know, it was going to be a good outcome with it. Um, <laughs> at least I was hoping. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, Cause I, I, I really would have had some egg on my face if, uh, if it didn't work out well. Um, cause I, cause I had some people were like, Oh, are you sure? You know, Sarge, are you sure? You know, you don't want me to go here or that. I'm like, no, just hold where you are. And, uh, yeah. So made that decision. Um, you know, of course working, working at night, it started getting like pitch black out and, Man. uh, where we were, the, the street lights really wasn't giving us adequate light. So, um, you know, I thought, you know, what better way to, uh, tie up more resources than call down the city fire department for floodlights, um, and a thermal camera. So smart. Yeah, so, so I call them, so I call them down and we start really kind of meticulously setting everything up and looking with this, uh, thermal camera, which, you know, at first we really couldn't see, um, too well, but then we pointed at this one area where, I was, hold on one second, sorry. Um, so yeah, I'll finish this thought quick and then I just got to pause again. I'm sorry. Um, sure. So yeah, so they get down there and, you know, I'm looking for, looking with the thermal imaging and I pretty sure I'm seeing what I think is, you know, this guy hiding behind like, you know, like, a pillar or something like that underneath of underneath there. So, uh, called out a couple times to him, you know, wasn't moving, you know, and then the thoughts going through your head, well, did he do something to himself because he knew he was cornered and everything like that. So is this going to be like a recovery now, you know? And, um, man, so I'm like, at that point, I'm like, well, you know, I know if I was burrowed underneath here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like somebody, gassing me out so i decide to uh have a guy bring me down uh one of our pretty much one of our uh pepper spray cans that's meant for like uh that's meant for to break up like crowd to, to disperse yeah. disperse yep. a crowd so it's more of a it's more of a fog and i was just like yep yeah, whatever and just hose that entire hole and try to fan it in for him to start to start coming out because mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like because I'm, I'm thinking to myself you know it, <laughs> as as morbid as it is i'm thinking to myself well if he if he's not dead if he didn't if he didn't kill himself underneath here you know nobody likes nobody likes that and he's gonna call out he's not gonna stay in there so wow. he, en he ends up you know Luckily, he ends up, uh, you know, making noise and saying that he's uh, he's done. He wants to come out, so let it air out a little bit, and we send two uh, two small officer, two smaller officers, in to uh, go uh, extract him. Wow! And, and they're able to get in there. Um, 
get the mask that he was wearing, which was a President Obama mask when he committed the robbery. Um, okay. We got the money, uh, the rest of the money that in cash that was underneath there, and uh, also the machete that he had during the robbery. So it was a win, and we got him, and nobody got hurt. That's so. It seems like the most stressful part of your job, man, is making is like mitigating potential injury once you're on scene like once you're there it's like okay we got to do everything we can to prevent any further injury to the suspect our 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 team you know our fellow officers civilians like all this but like it's like it's like real live you know like you can't you can't take your time thinking about what's going to happen i mean that seems like a pretty uh pretty stressful situation right and you know that's that's kind of like the biggest thing like especially as you as you go up in rank and responsibility like you know if it was just me i wouldn't be as i guess as worried about it and as worried about how i'm gonna be but now i gotta worry about all these guys because you know i care about them these are my brothers and my sisters i care about them and I care that they go back home to their families. And they're they're not only entrusting me with their safety, but they're also going to do what I think is right and what needs to be done, no questions asked. And that's, that's I think, that's kind of the biggest thing for me and why I have such a respect for, you know, everybody that does this kind of thing and, you know, all respect for all my guys too that, well, literally have shown that they'll go in no questions asked would be into some pretty, some pretty crazy situations. So that's um, wild. Yeah. But if I can, I just got to pause for yeah, two seconds. So I'll be right back. Yep. All right. Thanks, man. All right. I'm, I'm back and that should be it. Nice, man. <laughs> that should be, well, that's, Hey, you know, you're, you're you're the man. You're the man in charge, right? So, <laughs> so. um, I uh, with that actually, I was just about to say we are right at that perfect point in the podcast where <clears throat> I think I'd like to pivot to our uh, rapid fire questions. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice. Well, you're a podcast listener, I think you said, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, some of these may be coming uh, without as much surprise or rapid fire nature to them, but I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Anyway, my friend, you ready, ready to go. Yeah. All right. Number one, <clears throat> what's your favorite movie and why? Man, see, so you did this to me and I, I have two, if that's okay. Okay. All right. All right. So number one and first, first and foremost is the town. Hmm. And, uh, I just love it. I, I personally, I love, uh, I love the city of Boston and, uh, you know, this is like the perfect kind of like epic crime movie tied into the city. And it just, I mean, dude, it plays on so many emotions. I mean, that movie, that movie will get you. That's it's a, it's an emotional movie. And I just, I just thought it was, uh, I like the premise and, plot and the acting it's it's just a good all-around movie and that it takes place in boston is uh even better and i'm sure there's some people that would 
argue with me that like I should like the departed if I like Boston, but whatever. I like the town. <laughs> I like it. I like the bank robberies, you know. But what's and, what's the you said there was another one? Yeah, so the other one like with more like the gumption, I guess, like geared towards the podcast is uh thirteen hours um the secret sword the secret soldiers of Benghazi. What's so, that about? I've never seen that. So it's uh it's about a group of it's based on a book and um you know a true story of a group of uh contractors overseas who uh literally protected the embassy of Benghazi when it came when it came under attack. And I mean those guys they you know they were told no you can't do it because they were on a secret CIA base. So if they went, you know, while while this other attack is happening at the you know where the ambassador to Benghazi is. Right. Um they're being told no you can't go because it would give up, you know, where their C- this CIA base where where they weren't supposed to, you know, technically supposed to be um is there. And, you know, so, but, you know, they make the decision to go help and, uh, they go help extract, you know, most of the people from there. And, uh, then they also defend their compound, which gets, you know, which comes under attack later on. And it, you know, they were getting like little to no support because of all the, I guess the red tape with, the gov- you know, government red tape, I guess. I don't know. Yep. But yep. it's just, just an amazing story. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty pretty crazy to watch, you know, some of those guys. Actually, I mean, you're a big Office fan, right? If, if I, Huge. So John Krasinski is in this yeah. movie. He's like one of the main guys. So. And, oh, man. And, and it was okay. weird. It's weird seeing him in a serious role, but uh, he does a good job. He pulls it off. Yeah, I, I've heard he's in. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but he's uh, his show. Uh, Jack Ryan is apparently taking off too. He's he's playing Jack Ryan or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> I, I heard that. I haven't watched it yet, but I haven't watched it either. But yeah, look at that. All right, The Office. I dig that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but any, no, that movie sounds really interesting. I want to watch this now. What's it called again? It's called Thirteen Hours, and it's. The, hours. Okay. The, the secret soldiers of Benghazi. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Question number two. What's a piece of advice uh, that you would give to your 18-year-old self if you could? So I would tell myself not to sweat the small things and just go with, go with my gut when it comes to a fork in the road or making a decision and just to see how it plays out because usually it, it works out for the best. And if it doesn't, you can learn from it. So. Mm. I like it. Question number three, if you could put up uh, a billboard anywhere in the world, it doesn't really matter so much where, but what would you put on it and why? It would, it would just say it'd be simple. It'd be, uh, you know, wherever I'm going to do maybe a race or going to work or anything like that, it'd just be simple. Embrace the suck. And that's all I would say. Yes. Embrace the suck. Yep. That reminds me of uh, David Goggins, but I bet you that's a, 
that's a Jocko thing too, right? Oh yeah. I, I yeah. follow Jocko a little bit, but more so <laughs> Goggins. Yeah. <clears throat> that's like a Navy SEAL th- thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's more or less one of those things for those guys, you know. They they a, Yeah. It's gotten me through. It's gotten me through on some of my long, long runs. I, I'll tell you, you just embrace the suck, man. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna get done. You're gonna get done at some point. It's gonna end at some point. Just embrace it while it's happening. You know, yep, it, and grow it, through it. Yeah, I mean, and it, I think you know. Yeah, it's funny to say, but like, I think it it just holds a greater meaning, and I think a lot of people these days, you know. Um, not downplaying any accomplishments that you know people are making, but I think I don't I don't know what you call them because we're technically millennials too, right? Yeah. Um. So I guess like the people that, from what I see, the the young adults coming up behind us, that you know, of the real big tech generation, they just they need to. I think they need to get with it a little more and just see that, you know, sucky things can happen and not to, not to think that they're owed everything because they're not. So I guess that's, that's why I would have it up. Embrace the suck brother. That's it. Uh, number four, uh, who is, uh, what's an ex- a historical figure that if you could have any time, generation place uh what's a historical figure there or who's an extor- historical figure that you would love to just spend a day with who is it and why so so mine would be actually kind of like his story hadn't really came out um mainstream until the last couple of years but it's uh technical sergeant john a chapman of the mm. of the united states air force and he was he was a combat controller who uh posthumously was awarded the medal of honor um back, oh, on, wow. back on august 22nd in 2018 uh for his actions at the battle of takur takur gar probably messing mm. up but up over in afghanistan and he uh pretty much pretty much single-handedly took this took the um went down and took the fight to an enemy that was already had wounded um, a good number of troops. And even though being wounded, he uh, still brought to brought the fight to this bunker. And then he gets, he ends up getting hit again and knocked out and wakes up, comes to from it and knows he's mortally wounded and still brings a fight to this bunker and ends up, you know, just destroying everyone in that bunker. And wow. ends up saving, you know, countless lives because of his sacrifice with it. So I would definitely, Jeez. you know, he was, he's the first airman to receive the Medal of Honor since uh, Vietnam. So I think that's, that's huge. And I guess I would, I would like to talk to him just because uh, I'd want to learn and listen to what sacrifice and honor meant to him in the will to win and complete the mission. You know, I mean, yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate sacrifice that he gave, you know, protecting his own guys. And I would just like to know, I, I mean, I wish I could just sit down talk to him and just see if he had any mindset at all on, you know, exactly what was going on and what was going through his head. So 
Yeah, that would be interesting, man. Wow. That's a that's a great one. That's a really good one. Uh, question number five. Here it is, my favorite question. You've probably heard it on the podcast before, but uh, if we could put together a three-person board of directors to guide and mentor you through the rest of your life, you get to choose three. They can be alive, deceased, famous, or not, but who would the three people be on your personal board of directors, and why would you pick them? So I would pick, uh, number one, I would pick my dad, my dad, Dave. And, uh, I just, I would, I would need, I would need him on the board just to keep, he's always, he's always, uh, you know, terrific, terrific father, terrific dad, everything like that. Um, terrific husband to my mom. And, uh, I would just need him. I would, I would more, I would just need him to honestly keep me humble and probably keep me grounded. Yeah. Like, like he, he, you know, he's very, he is very proud of everything me and my brothers have done. You know, I know that for a fact from, you know, people I've met before or, you know, but to be in my brother's face, he will, he will just lay it out with us and tell us, you know, what needs to be done. And that, uh, you know, almost like that tough love, like, <laughs> you know, just to do it to mess with us because he knows he can get like more work out of us, but like it's almost like <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he's yes. almost like looking at us and be like, "Yeah, you're nothing. You're nothing special." You know, plenty, yep. of, plenty of people do this all the time. You know, you, you know, you just he's he's a good person to keep your ego in check. So I would that's that's important. Yeah, very important. Uh, second would be Jocko Willink. Who I'm just a big fan of his uh, philosophies on leadership. You know, I've read Extreme Ownership. I've read The Dichotomy of Leadership um, by him, and just agree wholeheartedly and try to uh, mirror, I guess, my leadership style with some of his. You know, I, I just resonate with him a lot with on. Um, the way the way to take ownership for things and to uh, to lead to lead people and uh, you know I think having a person like that to ground you and tell you you know look at it this way I think that's that's very important he could do that oh yeah for yeah. sure and, and, and last but not least uh, Teddy Roosevelt man that old Teddy Roosevelt because I mean good old Teddy like one who doesn't like him right like. I don't, I, I've never had a person say like, I don't like him. Yeah. Right. So, but also, I mean, you talk, you talk about a man that just like, you know, I love it, you know, carry a big stick and just, just be ready to use it. But, you know, speak, speak softly to him too. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took, it took, <laughs> it took a little while for me to kind of learn that. Like I used to just like to carry a big stick to carry a big stick. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, as time goes on, you learn that, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely easier talking to people and, uh, kind of be nice, be nice, be nice until you don't have to. And I think that, um, you know, that that's, that's also important in leadership, uh, and, and gumption in general, right? You don't want to, you want to be nice and be nice and focused for everything. But when it's, when it's time to get down and dirty, I mean, you got to make sure you get down and dirty and, um, are able to come out, come up, come out on top with uh, everything that happens. 
So those will be I the love three. It. I love it, man. Dude, that was awesome. Man, I I think uh, I say this on a lot of for a lot of the guests, but I feel like I could just sit here and, and keep talking to you, man, for another couple hours. But um, we this has been really good. Yeah, this but has that, been great. Then we'd begin like Jocko and do like a three hour, four hour podcast, and I'd be it's a long time. But it did it, it did feel like time. this. So it did feel like this. Those- those uh those those podcast those long form podcasts are something special though when you get a good one you know like oh, it's I- like you, you could just digest all this content and they go in so much deeper because they have all the time in the world to really express what they're thinking that's that's the art of conversation right there yeah actually you know before we ended everything like a good i actually i finished uh a jocko one today where he was talking to uh Johnny Kim who's, you know, a Navy SEAL, went to Harvard Medical, um, medical yeah. school, was a doctor, and then became, becomes an astronaut with NASA. And uh, so I, I don't know if you've listened to that one yet or listened to no. it, but great one if you have like four hours to go. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I do have fa- I do have family out in uh, New Hampshire, Maine area, so that's a solid four, four and a half hour drive one way, so maybe... I'll put it on the queue next time I go visit them. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a good one. Definitely definitely pretty motivating. So, Well, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, as we wrap this sucker up, is there any uh, final words of wisdom or anything you'd like to share uh, with the listeners of the Stories of Gumption podcast? Uh, I would just have to say, you know, um, definitely just kind of like what we already said, just make sure that whatever you do and whatever you're doing, whether it's business or just, you know, regular work, if you, you know, own a business, if you're working for a business, if you're looking for a promotion, anything like that, just, just, you got to lead with your heart. Um, you got to lead with your heart because if, if you're not doing that, you're, you're just, you're not doing it for yourself. And, uh, it just, it's, it's just a lot better feeling once you, when you lead with your heart and, uh, everything else kind of is just gets put on the back burner and goes by the wayside. You just have, I feel in my opinion, you have a lot better results and uh, yeah, that's, that's really it. Amen, brother. I agree with that a hundred percent, man. Well, until next time uh, you and I will have to do this again and maybe who knows, maybe we'll uh, get together and run a, a Ragnar or do something or a race together or something yeah. in Vermont. Dude, we just got to get together. I got to get up to Plattsburgh and we, we got to get together just for like a beer at like one of the breweries or something. I love, I love Valcor Brewing, by the way. I'll give a shout out to them. Like, there you uh, go. Valcor Brewing, you guys, you guys know what you're doing. And I'm coming from a place where there's a brewery, literally every other place that I go to and have kind of become a beer snob with Vermont beer. But, uh, um, but yeah, Valcor Brewing, food and, uh, the beers are uh, definitely good. And it's definitely a place I try to visit every time when I'm up in Plattsburgh. So nice. I love it. Yeah. Good spot. Very cool venue. They got a lot of good stuff going on. Hopefully uh, we didn't really talk about it. I mean, it's, it's like a hot button thing right now, but uh, I imagine the whole, I'm, I'm going back into the podcast now while I was trying to wrap it up, but like the whole COVID-19 thing must be wild for you uh, in law enforcement and we can't get a beer at Valcor until this thing is over. 
that, yeah. So hopefully it's over soon. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely been a transition, um, for all of us, like, uh, you know, my unit right now, we're normally kind of like a, you know, unconventional plainclothes unit. And, uh, you know, we've had to make some changes right now where we are literally helping our regular road guys, um, do patrol work and we have no problem doing that and helping out. And that's part of it until, uh, this is all said and done. Then we'll be back doing to what we normally do. Wow. So, well, Hey man, thanks for, thanks for giving me some of your time. I know you're very busy and you had to, um, take a couple stops there throughout, but, uh, <laughs> it's been yeah. really good, uh, reconnecting with you, man. And we'll, we'll definitely reconnect, uh, outside of the podcast world very soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. And thank you. Thank you for putting up with the pauses and, uh, you know, thank you for having me on. It's, it's definitely an honor. You, you're doing a great job with this and I love it. So thank you. Thanks, man. Everybody, thanks for listening. It's been another episode of the Stories of Gumption podcast. I'll see you next time.